As we gather together in worship, God's Spirit draws us together. Welcome to this Good Friday service, a shared service with Harriston United Church and Grace United Church in Hanover. Friends, let us join together in prayer. God of mystery and wonder, because we know the ending of the story, it's tempting for us to ignore the darkness of this day. It's tempting for us to go about our business as usual. It's tempting for us to move too quickly to the dawn of light on Easter morning. But give us courage and strength on this day to live for a while in the shadows, to set aside comfort and pleasure, to feel the shadows in which so many of your children dwell, the shadows into which your son Jesus entered. As we reflect on the frailty of Christ, remind us of the frailty of all life. As we cringe at the suffering of Christ, make us mindful of the suffering throughout the world. As we witness the death of Christ, bring us back full circle to the beginning of Lent to the wisdom of Ash Wednesday, the awareness of our mortality and the mortality of those we love. Gracious God, deep in the human heart is an unquenchable trust that life does not end with death, like a seed which is buried in order to bring forth life. Christ, uh, goes, Christ goes to the tomb to usher in new life we trust that we too will be raised to new life in this world here and now and in the mystery of what lies beyond physical death. We trust that the whole world will be born anew, that your kingdom is coming as a new heaven and a new earth. On this day of shadows, it is for this kingdom that we boldly pray. Amen.
John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changed in their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I dearly love, in you I find happiness. The journey begins where Jesus' journey began, at the water. The water of baptism is a sign of rebirth. To be baptized is to die to your old self and to rise out of the water as a new creation. In the United Church of Canada, we often baptize infants, not because they are sinful and need to be cleansed, but because they are members of the body of Christ and are worthy of being marked as such. At baptism, the Holy Spirit makes a special claim on a person. This is a claim that cannot be revoked. There is never a need to be rebaptized. The first one counts, no matter what. From here, we will proceed through Jesus' life, ministry, teaching, betrayal, and death. We will reflect on these things and may encounter trouble along the way. Know that through it all, your seal as a child of God is complete. You are God's beloved. his disciples came to him and said, This is an isolated place and it's already late in the day. Send them away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something to eat for themselves. He replied to them, You give them something to eat. But they said to him, Should we go off and buy bread worth almost eight months' pay and give it to them to eat? He said to them, How much bread do you have? Take a look. After checking, they said, five loaves of bread and two fish. He directed the disciples to seat all the people in groups as though they were having a banquet on the green grass. They sat down in groups of a hundred and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, broke the loaves into pieces and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate until they were full. They filled 12 baskets with the leftover pieces of bread and fish. About 5,000 had eaten. You cannot separate the life of Jesus from the bread and the fish. One of the only stories told in all four Gospels it's clear that feeding the hungry was a vital part of what Jesus did. The people came looking for life, and he gave it to them in the form of loaves and fish. This was so important that the earliest symbols of Christianity was a fish, a reminder of how Jesus responded to those in need. The need today is no less demanding there remains thousands of people in our midst who are hungry. They hunger for bread, comfort, forgiveness, fellowship. 
pause for a moment and ask Jesus what we can do. But know that his answer may be, you give them something to eat. disciples went into the villages near Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked his disciple, who do people say that I am? They told him, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to teach his disciples. The human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed, and then three days later, rise from the dead. He said this plainly, but Peter took hold of Jesus and, scolding him, began to correct him. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, then sternly corrected Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking Jesus' thoughts, but human thoughts. In the matter of a few moments, Peter goes from insightful disciple to vile tempter. In one breath, he is able to make the bold claim that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one of God. In the very next, he demonstrates how little he understands about what the Messiah must do. Jesus understood that he was what he was teaching and doing would get him into trouble with the authorities. He understood that they could not let him live, and he understood that his mission could not be thwarted by those acts of violence. Peter could not accept this. He never did on this side of the cross. the donkey to Jesus and threw their clothes upon it, and he sat on it. Many people spread out their clothes on the road, while others spread branches cut from the fields. Those in front of him and those following were shouting, Hosanna! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest! Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. After he looked around at everything, because it was already late in the evening, he returned to Bethany with the twelve. This story is usually described as Palm Sunday. It is on this day 
that Jesus entered Jerusalem. He entered as the city was getting ready to celebrate the Passover, a festival that remembered when the people escaped the power of Egypt, and God threw the Pharaoh into the sea. Now occupied by the forces of the Roman emperor, this was a dangerous time. Tempers were high. Rebellious fervor was rampant. In this climate, as the Roman governor entered the city astride a war horse, Jesus entered the city on a donkey. As Pilate entered surrounded by Roman soldiers, Jesus entered while people shouted, Hosanna. Hosanna means save us. From far away he noticed a fig tree in leaf, so he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing except leaves, since it wasn't the season for figs. So he said to it, No one will ever again eat your fruit. His disciples heard this. They came into Jerusalem. After entering the temple, he threw out those who were selling and buying there, he pushed over the tables used for currency exchange and the chairs of those who sold doves. He didn't allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He taught them, hasn't it been written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a hideout for crooks. The chief priests and legal experts heard this and tried to find a way to destroy him. They regarded him as dangerous because the whole crowd was enthralled at his teaching. When it was evening, Jesus and his disciples went outside the city. Early in the morning, as Jesus and his disciples were walking along, they saw the fig tree withered from the root up. On the surface, the odd exchange with the fig tree seems random and out of place. Placed here, before and after Jesus goes into the temple, its meaning becomes more clear. Worship without justice is like a fig tree with no figs. All things are to bear fruit. The fruit of the temple is not idle worship. It is the realization of justice. The temple is a place of sanctuary. When the worship leads to justice, then it is the house of God. When the worship perpetuates injustice, it is just a hideout for crooks. Jesus came on Sunday to mock the power of Rome. He came on Monday to disrupt the capitulation with that power. The withered fig tree was a sign of the impending doom of the temple.
legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, well said teacher, you have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart, a full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. You are not far from God's kingdom. When do you feel close to God's kingdom? This passage is the last of a series of contentious questions. The legal experts and religious authorities have had enough of him. He is stirring things up too much. He made trouble at the temple and they are afraid. They question his authority and they try to trap him with tough questions. Tuesday is full of these kinds of exchanges, but this one is different. The adversary seems to become an ally and the rest of the leaders quit while they are ahead. You are not far from God's kingdom. Are you far or near to the kingdom? Do you understand this commandment? Understanding it draws you near. Live out the commandment and the kingdom is at hand. Jesus arrived with the twelve. During the meal, Jesus said, I assure you that one of you will betray me, someone eating with me. Deeply saddened, they asked him one by one, it's not me, is it? Jesus answered, it's one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread with me into this bowl. The human one goes to his death just as it is written about him. But how terrible it is for that person who betrays the human one it would have been better for him if he had never been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. He took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. I assure you that I won't drink wine again, until that day when I drink it in a new way in God's kingdom. After singing songs of praise, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Did you notice who else was invited? 
Jesus knew that he would be betrayed by Judas, and what did he do? He broke bread with him. Sometimes the hardest part of the gospel is realizing who else is invited to this table. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and elders and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many gave false testimony against him, but their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another, not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we need any more witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying, Prophesy. The guards also took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, you also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the forecourt. Then the cock crowed. The servant girl, on seeing him again, asked him, <clears throat> said to the bystanders, This man is one of them. And again he denied it. Then after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Surely you are one of them for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse and swore an oath, I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said to him, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept.
During the festival, Pilate would release one prisoner to the crowd, whoever they requested. A man named Barabbas was locked up with rebels who had committed murder during an uprising. The crowd pushed forward and asked Pilate to release someone, as he regularly did. Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? He knew that the chief priests had handed Jesus over because of jealousy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate replied, Then what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Why? What wrong has he done? And they shouted even louder, Crucify him. Pilate wanted to satisfy the crowd, so he released Barabbas to them. He then had Jesus whipped and handed over to be crucified. From this reading, we see that the crowd had a choice. This crowd, which had kept Jesus protected through much of the week, could now free him. Because of the crowd's reaction that had kept the chief priests from arresting Jesus earlier in the week, the chief priests understood something about crowds, though. They could be swayed. So the choice was offered. Jesus, Barabbas was a known insurrectionist. He had been locked up with rebels. The people were still looking for the Messiah, the one who would deliver them. They could choose between the one willing to kill or the one willing to die. They could choose between the rebel arrested for insurrection or the teacher arrested for jealousy. The choice has gone down in history, but it is one that we still continue to face. And what is our path for deliverance? Is it revenge or is it grace? Who do we want to crucify today? crucified him. The notice of the formal charge against him was written, the King of the Jews. They crucified two outlaws with him, one on his right and one on his left. People walking by insulted him, shaking their heads and saying, huh, so you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, were you? Save yourself and come down from that cross. In the same way, the chief priests were making fun of him among themselves, together with the legal experts. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross. Then we'll see and believe. Even those who had been crucified with Jesus insulted him. From noon until three in the afternoon, the whole earth was dark. At three, 
Jesus cried out with a loud shout, My God, my God, why have you left me? After hearing him, some standing there said, Look, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, and put it on a pole. They offered it to Jesus to drink, saying, Let's see if Elijah will come to take him down. But Jesus let out a loud cry and died. The curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing Jesus saw, saw how he died, he said, This man was certainly God's son. Some women were watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger one, and Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women had followed and supported him, along with many other women who had come to Jerusalem with him. Let us join together in prayer. Gracious God, we have gathered today on this Good Friday 
to remember the events of a day 2,000 years ago that touch us still. We struggle to call this day good, for it reminds us of all that is wrong and evil in our world. During his time among us, your son struggled and fought against the empires of his day. He worked to break down systems of intolerance and inequality that oppressed and marginalized. He went against the social norms and rules and introduced new ways of thinking and acting. He crossed social barriers and ate, drank, and talked with those who were forbidden from his company, women, children, lepers, the poor, the marginalized. Jesus worked hard to change the thinking of his day, and yet people resisted, and the end result was the cross. Encourage us, loving presence, to continue to do the work of your Son. Strengthen and equip us to call the rulers of our world into account for their actions and policies. Enlighten us to ways in which we can pursue justice and equality in our own lives and in our communities and churches. Open our ears to the cries of your children and give us the strength to be agents of love for them. May we continue to work until people everywhere enjoy justice, peace, freedom, and a fair share of the goodness of creation. Help us to remember that the legacy of Jesus did not end on the cross that dark day long ago, but continues on in our lives of faith today. Gracious God, may we continue to do your work in this world until someday this day may feel like it is good. We pray in the name of, our, of your Son, our crucified Savior, who taught us to pray using the words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So 
Yeah. 